Hi, everyone. Dr. B here. Again, thanks for joining me for another episode of Ask the Dentist. So today we're going to talk about toothpaste. Pretty straightforward, right? You know, what is the best toothpaste? What is the safest toothpaste? Do we need to use toothpaste at all? Uh, Simple stuff, right? I mean, we should all be using toothpaste and toothpaste on the market is safe because big corporations are behind it and have tested it mostly on animals. And the American Dental Association has given their seal of approval for many of these toothpaste. Slam dunk, right? Should be no problem. Toothpaste has been on the market since the 20s, I think. I think it was before World War II. So maybe the 30s. I mean, formally speaking, made in big batches by companies. There have been all sorts of tooth oils and tooth powders, and a lot of it was literally just snake oil, right? Eucalyptus oil, which is now available in products made by Listerine. That's one of their main ingredients, and I'll talk more about that. But anyway, so toothpaste is great. We should all be using it, right? wrong. And I will explain why. Let me first get to the question and then I will just give you a quick dump of everything I think about toothpaste. And I'm going to ask you a question at the end, important question that I want you to get back to me on. So, here is the question. What toothpaste is good? Very simple question. What toothpaste is good? I love it. And it's an important question. And when someone asks what's good and it comes to ingesting or exposing to our bodies, then I automatically go into this mode of what is safest. So, first safety, then efficacy. So, good would be efficacy, what actually works, what is good for us, but a good toothpaste has to be safe. And again, do no harm, right? Most of the time, the best product or the best medical procedure is no procedure or no product. You know, if you have heart disease and you're kind of at the end of the game in terms of you've got high blood pressure, you've had a heart attack, you're going to need medication. But an earlier phase of that scenario, that may not be the best and most sensible and safest way to go. In other words, taking statins, maybe there's time or the ability to reverse the disease. So, again, I am skeptical by nature. That is the way I've always been. Every time I read a study or I'm told something and it just either sounds too good to be true or essentially is conventional wisdom, I kind of doubt that as a truth and I want more data. I want to be able to experience it for myself, read the studies and so forth and so on. So, that's the way I've always been. And I think it's always kept me in a safe zone. I think it's helped my patients by thinking that way. So, let me kind of give you my two bits on toothpaste. Toothpaste was invented formally, uh, invented as a product that was being made by companies and sold on the shelves in the 30s, I think. It was before World War II. Same with the toothbrush. Before then, we had snake oil stuff. We had eucalyptus oil. We had tooth powders. And and then in ancient times, there were all sorts of things that Egyptians and, you know, Romans were using to make their breath smell better. I mean, this has been going on for a long time. We've always been concerned about our smile and how we look and how we smell and, you know, what's that occasional pain in our mouth due to. I mean, it's universal historical part of our existence and that is our oral health. I would love to write a book like the plumbers did, How Plumbers Saved Civilization. I would love to write a book on how tooth pain has shaped world history. And believe me, there are a lot of angles on that. But anyway, I digress. So, toothpaste is a product that someone thought of and said, boy, this is something that could make a lot of money. Everyone has teeth. 
everyone has teeth issues, at least back at that time of our existence. Before that, you know, a thousand years ago, we really didn't use toothpaste. We didn't really need it. We didn't have a thickening biofilm and plaque layers kind of growing out of control in our mouth because we weren't feeding our mouths with easily fermentable carbohydrates, very, very processed foods. And I'm not just talking about sugar and fructose. I'm talking about crackers and fine, highly refined breads and noodles and rice and then these GMO products that really have no, all the nutrients have been pulled out. When you see something that's been enriched, you should be reading, it was enriched, something else, all the good stuff was put back in, probably very poorly, because all the good stuff was taken out. So, that's kind of what we've been eating for the last three, four or 500 years. And it really has had an effect on our oral health. And one of those effects is that it has created this altered biofilm plaque layer in our mouth. Also bad breath, furry tongue, gum disease, all these things are, it's a modern disease of Western lifestyle and diet. So we're smart, right? We can figure out things. We create problems and then we create solutions. So we created and discovered that a mildly abrasive paste could thin out that biofilm. And then we started adding fluoride and disinfecting agents like essential oils. Eucalyptus oil was one of the first things. You'll still see that in Listerine. These are essential oils that are quote unquote natural. Really, they aren't. They're synthetically made typically. And they do. They do kill bacterium. I mean, in a variety of ways. They can break down the cell wall. They can be cytotoxic. They can actually kill. But here's the problem. The bacteria, it's like weeds in a garden. They come back within 20, 30 minutes. I get a lot of emails and dental magazines. And one of the most common advertisements that is embedded in these emails is kills 99% of the germs in your mouth. I won't tell you who is advertising, but I just laugh every time I see that. And even though dentistry is changing how they feel and think about the oral microbiome, these are the bacteria in your mouth, and we're thinking now that it's good not to kill them, even if it is for 20 minutes, we're all figuring that out, which is great. And I'll talk more about that. But this ad and this company and a lot of corporations are still selling the same old product that we've been using since the 30s and the 40s, 1940s. So, not much has changed there. And I do speak to a lot of toothpaste companies and mouthwash companies. I speak to their scientists. I speak to their marketing departments. And they are watching the market. They are waiting for a tipping point where customers will start buying more of the safer, gooder, to answer your question, what is a good toothpaste, toothpaste out there. And unfortunately, we have not reached that tipping point yet, but I think we are about to. And when that occurs, then you're going to see a brand new approach to how they sell toothpaste. And they won't mention about the other stuff they were selling because that stuff was bad. It was killing and disinfecting. So anyway, that's my rant about the whole toothpaste industry. Remember, this is a huge market. It is a hugely marked up item. It's in universally almost in every single home, more than one tube of toothpaste. It's used every month, reoccurring sales. And again, I've talked to many of these toothpaste companies. They can get a tube of toothpaste on the shelves. This includes marketing, packaging, manufacturing, everything for about 30 to 40 cents a tube. And you know what you're paying for, right? So what a great market. And this is global. And they're not that many big players. There are about four or five big players in this oral health product category. Then there's the long tail of toothpaste manufacturing, and that has grown appreciably, thank goodness. And these are better, gooder products. And I'll explain why, because they're not adhering to the older way of thinking. And again, as far as I'm concerned, and I'll say it, Crest, Colgate, and there are other companies, I'm not just singling out them, but these big corporations, even Tom's and Maine, which started out as a small long tail 
retail oral health company, but then was bought out by a much larger corporation. And then they changed their formulation. The formulations change because when they're made in larger batches, you have to add a lot of chemicals to make sure that the mix is more even, more homogeneous. When you're making small batches, you have more control over what goes in there. That's generalization, but it's an important fact to note that you know when you have a small toothpaste company and you're not making large batches, you don't have to add a lot of these emulsifiers and surfactants. You know, Supposedly, it's to help the toothpaste foam. Who needs foaming toothpaste? Most of the kids that I see that use a foaming toothpaste for a while are overwhelmed with the amount of foaming and the mess it makes. And where that ever became important, I don't know. There's no medical reason for foaming toothpaste. The emulsifiers, the surfactants are added so that these toothpastes can be made, the compound, the actual material in your toothpaste tube can be made in very large batches and stay mixed in the tube and stay mixed in the large vats that these are made in. The problem with emulsifiers and surfactants is that they denature the cell membrane wall of your cells. What does that mean? Well, it kills your cell. Now, is it killing the bad bugs and keeping the good bugs? No, it's indiscriminate. It cannot tell the difference between the two. The good news is that it's only for about 20, 30 minutes that your mouth is at best mildly disinfected. And I use that term very loosely. And then the bacteria grow back. But if you're always knocking down the oral microbiome, this population of bacteria in your mouth that is there for a reason, it's protecting you. It's part of your immune system. It's helping you remineralize teeth. It's preventing gum disease, a host of things that the oral microbiome is responsible for, just like the gut microbiome, just a different location. So, you know, why knock that down? And why take the chance of indiscriminately killing this bacteria? And then what happens is that different bacteria, pathogenic bacteria, which are the dangerous ones, the commensal bacteria, which are the friendly ones that get along with other bacteria that work together in unison to produce a, a wonderful, healthy service to your body, to your oral health. Why mess with that? And do we really know what we're doing? No, we don't. We don't know what we're doing. There are no studies on toothpaste, except for the ones that you put some oral bacteria into a Petri dish, and then you apply the agent that's in your toothpaste, and you see that there's some of these bacteria die. This is a cosmetic product. Toothpaste is under the guise of, or jurisdiction when it comes to the FDA, of a cosmetic product. And when the American Dental Association gives its approval, it's just looking at it and going, okay, it's got a certain amount of fluoride in it, great. We will approve that product. So don't rely on the ADA. Don't rely on the FDA. Don't rely on your dentist necessarily to recommend a good or safe or efficacious toothpaste. You really have to do a lot of research. And you can go to our website. I've done a lot of that research. I've used so many different types of toothpaste. I've made my own toothpaste. And I would stay away from essential oils, surfactants, emulsifiers, and fluoride. And that's pretty much the majority of what's in toothpaste right now. That is the majority of toothpaste, essentially. And so it's going to be hard for you to find a toothpaste that I think is good and safe. The ideal toothpaste, in my mind, is something that has hydroxyapatite in it, at least 15% or higher in terms of concentration. It can be nano or micro. This is a substance that is better than fluoride. It's safer than fluoride. It can be swallowed by children. It can be swallowed by adults. And it recalcifies, remineralizes teeth structure, tooth structure 
just as well as fluoride does. And it's easy to get. It's now available in the US. It's been in use outside of the US for a long time. It's a long story behind its development, but it was a something developed for the space program, which is always wonderful. That's why we should be spending money to go into space, going to Mars, because we get all these great products. And one of them is this wonderful toothpaste. The two brands that I recommend currently, they're not perfect in my mind, but I use them because I think they are the best currently in the market. It's Boca and Risewell because they have the right amount of hydroxyapatite. I use the Boca more than I do the Risewell just because it has the nano-sized particle of the hydroxyapatite, which by the way, is just what's in your teeth right now. It's a calcium. It's a form of calcium. It's biomimetic. It's natural. And it's easy to get and it's easy to put into your tube of toothpaste at the right pH and it's finally here in the US. So Boca and Risewell. The Risewell is a great product as well. Uh, they have a great kids toothpaste as well. And that is the micro-sized, it's slightly larger sized particle of the nanohydroxyapatite. These toothpastes do have emulsifiers and surfactants. They're from natural sources. I'm not sure what the effect is on the cell wall and on the oral mucosa. That's the lining of your mouth, your tongue, the floor of your mouth, the back of your throat. And this tissue is very permeable. It's also very susceptible to surfactants and emulsifiers. That's how soap works. Soap will break down, it will emulsify a protein, which is what's in a cell wall. And that's how it breaks down bacteria on your hands when you wash with it. So I don't want anything in my mouth that kills and disinfects. I want something that nourishes and promotes the oral microbiome and helps provide the building blocks for remineralization at the optimal pH. And that's what the ideal toothpaste will do. In the meantime, I would recommend Boca and Risewell. There are a few others that have hydroxyapatite in it, but I'm not sure. I just haven't gotten to researching it yet. And I have asked several of them for the content of hydroxyapatite. According to the studies, if it's not at least at 15%, it's not working for you. It has to be at 15% or higher. A lot of these brands, again, these are small boutique brands, are not putting in enough. They're putting in 3 to 5% or 7%. Make sure it's 15%. And Boca and Risewell do have that 15% threshold. So what else can I say about toothpaste? You know, it's a necessary evil. With the Western diet, processed foods, breathing with our mouth open at night, dry mouth, lack of saliva, acidic pHs in our mouth, uh, these are all things that promote decay or demineralization of the tooth structure. And hydroxyapatite is a natural product that is safe, even if swallowed, even if absorbed through the mucosa. And it is the building block. It is the natural building block that allows the teeth to rebuild themselves. And teeth are constantly demineralizing, which is cavity formation, and trying to remineralize. So after a meal, your mouth is in a state of demineralization because the foods that you consume, if it's a cracker or a goldfish, you're getting huge demineralization uh, moments because the acids are a byproduct of that consumption of that processed carbohydrate. The bacteria consume it, they excrete a lot of acids, and those acids attack and demineralize, dissolve your tooth structure. But the teeth are always trying to remineralize. And if you've got the building blocks, the right pH, lots of saliva, if your diet isn't what I just, you know, uh, portrayed, in other words, if you're eating like a meat stick or a piece of beef jerky or some chicken or some vegetables, high fiber vegetables, then you're not going to have this issue. No one's ever gotten cavities from eating broccoli. It just doesn't happen. The bacteria cannot really break it down and create those acids and those demineralization episodes. So again, you want a toothpaste that doesn't cause any harm, doesn't 
break down or affect or deter the oral microbiome in any way. And you want to be able to provide the building blocks that dissolve into your saliva that eventually will get back into your teeth when the body is trying to remineralize your teeth. So, that is a long-winded answer to your question. I will put links in to Boca and Risewell. My question to you would be, what if I were able to make a toothpaste and manufacture it and sell it to you with the exact kind of specs that I want? In other words, no essential oils, no surfactants, no emulsifiers, does no harm in the mouth. All it does is provide the building blocks for remineralization, maybe some prebiotics, which will help feed and nourish the oral microbiome but it will not do any harm. It will not knock anything down or try and disinfect or force the oral microbiome to rebuild itself every time you use a toothpaste. And if it tasted great, would that be something you'd be interested in? Send me an email at mark at askthedentist.com and I would love to hear from you. Is that something you'd be interested in buying from someone like me? Again, this is a boutique brand. It would not cost uh, the same. It would be more expensive, of course, than Colgate and Crest, but you would have at least some assurance that it's safer and better and perhaps even tastes better than what these big corporations are selling us. I'm tired of the spicy, minty flavored toothpaste or sweetened toothpaste. I try and stay away from sweet products. Anything that tastes sweet, I think, has an effect on us psychologically. It kind of fires up that need to taste something sweet and to seek it out. So, tell me what you would like it to taste like, what you would like it to look like, how important is a compostable container, and what would you be willing to pay for it? I would love to know your thoughts on that. And again, I've got lots of ideas in my head. It can be done. The question is, and this is what I referred to earlier, are we at that tipping point? Are we willing to pay that extra amount to have the best, the goodest toothpaste available to us? I would love to know. So anyway, those are my thoughts on toothpaste. I hope I answered your question. The short answer is you Use Boca and Risewell for now. Stay away from all the big brands. There are some brands that have eliminated SLS, one of the major surfactants in toothpaste. I recommended that for many, many years, but it has other stuff in it that I don't like. There are a lot of brands out there that are trying to do the right thing, but there isn't one toothpaste that I'm really crazy about. Not yet. Hopefully, that will come soon. So again, that email is mark at askthedentist.com. I would love to hear what you think about toothpaste, what you're using, what you think works. You know, what are you concerned about when it comes to toothpaste? Again, this is a product that is placed in your mouth twice, three times a day for two minutes. That's the ideal time to brush. And it gets absorbed into the body. This is how a lot of medications get absorbed, both conventional medication and homeopathic medication. The absorption at the floor of your mouth, in the cheeks, it does happen. And so you should be concerned. This is something, it's not a cosmetic product. It is something that you need to be concerned about and can be ingested. A lot of children swallow their toothpaste. I do not recommend fluoridated toothpaste until you are sure that the child is not swallowing some of the toothpaste. That's usually by seven, age seven or eight. I can't tell you how much toothpaste I've seen in use by two and three and four-year-olds that should not be available to them. And so that just tells you how dangerous toothpaste can be. And again, our government thinks it's a cosmetic product. It should be regulated a little differently. Anyway, if you have questions and want a controversial answer, go ahead and please reach out to me at speakpipe.com slash askthedentist. If you have any further questions about toothpaste, we've got lots of 
of articles on our website about it, a lot of blog posts on askthedentist.com. You can spend literally hours looking at everything we've written about toothpaste. We actually have a DIY formulation, something you can do on your own. Now, it's time consuming. It takes a lot of time, but I think it would be a very interesting experiment for you to do with your family, perhaps maybe with your kids on the weekend. Make a small batch of our do-it-yourself toothpaste and you'll find, you'll learn a lot about toothpaste and at least you'll know what's in it. And I think you'll experience something wonderful and how it tastes and feels in your mouth and how it makes you feel afterwards. And that's what toothpaste should be. It should not be a product with a lot of industrial products in it that help make it, you know, help allow this corporation that makes this product to make it in large batches. That should not be something that we expose ourselves to. Anyway, and if you want to see a dentist that thinks the same way I do about toothpaste, go to our directory for functional providers, functionally minded dentists. They will tell you that fluoride is not necessary, that the hydroxyapatite is as good topically, if not better than fluoride. And it's safer, especially for your kids. Go to askthedentist.com slash directory for access to that directory. Anyway, thanks for listening to me. I do get a little carried away when it comes to toothpaste. I've been dealing with it for most of my career and I've been dissatisfied with it for most of my career and for a variety of reasons. But I do think, and I I really hope this is true, I think we're at a tipping point with toothpaste, with choices when it comes to toothpaste. And again, the big corporations have been selling us their version, their snake oil, which which I call snake oil. It's just modern snake oil. A lot of these principles were designed on the, the very first products that were considered snake oil. And it's continued for over 100 years. And I think it's time that we change because we've learned more about the oral microbiome and about what actually is going on in the mouth. So it's time for change. It's time for a new toothpaste. So let me know what you want in toothpaste and I will make sure we get some of that good stuff. And again, thanks for listening. Hope to see you in the next podcast, next episode. Thanks. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search our Find a Dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.